Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So this word, gaslighting, shows up a lot, both in the world of therapy and outside the world of therapy. And when somebody walks in and tells me that a friend or a loved one is gaslighting them, this is usually a long conversation, but the word is very meaningful to me. Now, what I didn't know is where that word originated. So I looked into it and basically there was a movie in 1944 called Gaslight starring Ingrid Bergman. And the premise of the movie is that it's set in the 1800s, late 1800s, and a husband decides to slowly drive his wife crazy. And one of the things he does in order to make her feel crazy is he slowly turns down the gas lights in their home. And that is the idea behind the movie, slowly driving someone crazy. And this is something I think that most people can relate to. Now, the other thing that happened when I was looking up gaslighting is this phrase, medical gaslighting, came up. And I thought that was rather curious because I'd never heard that before. And I looked into it and basically what happens is a patient will walk into a doctor's office and will say, I have this, that, and the other symptom, and this is what I think is wrong with me. And the doctor will say something to the effect of, nah, it's just in your head, or that's not really a condition, or I don't think that's really a problem. And basically, the doctor minimizes whatever the person is reporting and makes them feel like what they are experiencing is somehow in their head and they feel a little bit crazy after that interaction. Now, a long time ago, I saw this documentary that really captured the concept of gaslighting. And it was a documentary that was supposed to be about children whose mothers had been using drugs while they were in the womb and sort of the physiological effects of drug use in utero. And so they had found these children who had been exposed to drugs in utero and saw them later as they were elementary school aged children. And they were interviewing the families who were dealing with these kids. And this one particular family had two children, and I think it was a grandma who may have been raising a little sister and a big brother or two cousins in which there was a little girl who was younger and a little boy who was a bit older, say he was somewhere around eight or nine. 
And the grandmother was talking about how it was difficult to raise him. He clearly had been changed by his mother's in utero drug use and he was hyperactive and he was very difficult and he was always throwing tantrums and she had taken on the job of raising him now that the mom was out of the picture and off using drugs somewhere. So then they just sort of showed shots of the family interacting and different things happening during the course of a normal day. And one of the things they showed was a race between these two kids, the little girl and this boy. And the grandmother said, why don't you guys race and run to the end of the yard and come back, we'll see who wins. And so the kids ran this race and the little boy won the race. And then the grandmother looked at the little girl and said, oh, Sally, how wonderful. You beat your brother. You're so strong and you're so fast. And look at you beat somebody who was older than you. And the boy was like, well, what the? I won the race fair and square. Why are you saying that she beat me? And the grandmother just ignored him and continued to praise the little girl and act like the little girl had won the race. And of course, what happened is the boy felt crazy and started to tantrum. And then the grandmother intervened and had to hold him because his body was writhing and he was upset and all this stuff. And it just made me so angry to watch it all unfold just in this little interaction between the grandmother and the two children. Luckily, at the end of this documentary, they did sort of mention that the boy was later taken out of that home and placed with another relative. And hopefully, I don't know what happened, but I really hope that he was placed with more loving family members. Now, this is the thing about gaslighting. Not only does somebody minimize your experience, but they try to create the sense that you are out of touch with reality. You're so far gone, you're so crazy that you don't even know real from fiction. And this goes on in many areas of life. You might know a person that every time you interact with them, you begin to question your own sense of reality. You begin to feel crazy. You begin to feel like you're losing your mind. And sometimes you don't even know why. But I can tell you this, that when a person is gaslighting you, they are doing something where they would trigger you to become upset. And then when you do become upset, they question why you're upset and they'll tell you that there's something wrong with you for being upset, even though they created the situation. And sometimes people are really good at this to where you don't even know what happened. You just know that you feel nuts after a while and you don't know why you feel nuts. Now I can identify what I feel is gaslighting in the field of psychology. 
so when I was young and when I was a student, our professors encouraged us to join one of the major psychological organizations in order to develop ourselves professionally. And basically they encouraged us to do so because two things would happen. One, we would learn about the latest research in the field and two, we would know what jobs were available to us by being in touch with this organization. And so we did this, especially if you were a senior in college, you wanted to get in the know about what was going on in the field. And every month we would receive a scientific journal discussing all the, the latest studies and conclusions that were drawn and sort of where that leaves the field in, in terms of further research. And we also knew, as I said, what was going on in terms of the job market. Now, fast forward to today and this whole thing has fallen apart. The same organization no longer sends out the scientific journals. They are not automatic. If you want scientific journals, you have to pay extra for them and request them. But they do send out not even jobs available or job opportunities available, but a magazine that highlights people who are already working in the field. Now, there's always a theme to this. It's always people who are newer in the field and who have jobs at community clinics. And what makes me feel crazy about this for those of us who are licensed psychologists we already worked here all of us as we were coming up had to do internships pre-doc post-doc and sometimes both pre and post doc meaning doctoral degree and we worked in these community clinics as part of our internship experience. We served the underserved people who couldn't afford therapy out of pocket. We did low cost and no cost therapy for them. And in exchange, we learned how to be therapists and it was a good training ground for us. A lot of times we learned how to do psychological testing as well. And so we worked in low income areas. We worked with people who were disabled, with people who were immigrants, with people who were experiencing homelessness, with severe mental illness. We worked with the most difficult and most diverse populations, and we all did it. So the part that makes us or makes me feel crazy is that they highlight these young psychologists and present an interview with them or a biography about them or information about what they do in their job and how wonderful they are for serving the underserved populations. And the reason that this feels like gaslighting to me is that I am put in a position where, and the rest of my colleagues, are put in a position where we cannot criticize anyone for working in these 
community clinics. I'm not allowed to say, hey, I'm sick of hearing about Joe Schmo, who's 30 years old and directing a community clinic because I already worked there. I already know what that stuff is about. I want to hear about somebody who's innovating in the field. I want to hear about someone who's done research and it's gone a different direction or has discovered a new technique. I want to hear about something that is going to help me enrich my career in some way and propel me forward. But if I were to say that, if I were to criticize the organization's highlighting of people working with underserved populations, it would be like me saying that we shouldn't work with underserved populations, even though it is important, it is critical, and we've all done it before, but I can't criticize. And that's what makes me feel crazy. In my personal opinion, the organization has fallen apart and they're being really super lazy about the information that they're putting out there. But I can't say that because if I say that, it looks like I have a problem with diverse populations. And so it feels like gaslighting. So another way that we see gaslighting is more about in the population at large. We see gaslighting in our society, I think, more today than any other time. Now, I'm always talking to people about what they're doing on social media, and there are quite a few people I know who have jobs, either marketing or they are some kind of podcaster like myself, or they're on YouTube, or they're on TikTok. They're on some kind of media platform in which they are the talent, and they are using their voice in order to be heard as their job. I'm talking about people who are younger than me. And what I have heard from them is that they are getting trapped as well. They are feeling like they can't be fully honest and say what's on their mind. Because basically what has happened is that we have 17, 18, 19-year-olds on these media platforms, and they are always at that in that age group, always on the media platforms because they are very young and they have not gotten into the trenches of their careers yet. Maybe they will or will not end up in social media, but they tend to have the loudest voices because they've got the time and the energy and the technological know-how to be the loudest voices on social media. And so we have young people in this age range telling us what we should be thinking. And a lot of times I see people who are in their 30s who are telling me, I don't agree with any of what is being said. But whenever I bring it up, I am criticized for not taking a stance on something political 
or making my opinion known about this issue or that issue. And I don't want to make my opinion known. I just want to do my job and I just want to use my voice. But it's the young folks who are criticizing the older folks for not taking stances on things. That their opinion about issue A, B, or C, and it's always whatever is trending at the moment, is so important. Now, I grew up in a time where your opinion did not matter. That as a young person, it was your job to sit down, shut up, and listen to the wise voices of the older generations of people with more life experience. And nowadays, if you are to say, hey, I don't think that a 17, 18, or 19-year-old has enough life experience to have opinions on these matters, then you're just an asshole and trying to stifle young people and keep them down. And that's just ludicrous because that's the truth. Young people with barely any life experience, many of them still live at home, don't have jobs, they should not be the ones who are setting the tone about what we should all be caring about. But again, it's gaslighting because if you criticize it, you're a bad person. If you question it, you're a bad person. So then the question becomes, what are we going to do if we are not allowed to question anything? That our questioning of any situation results in us somehow being painted as assholes. And even though there are a lot of circumstances in which there are a lot of question marks that arise because of a situation being a little bit off, the first thing we want to do is ask questions. But we are being told over and over again that we're assholes if we ask questions. This is gaslighting. Now, there's a famous psychologist from Canada, Jordan Peterson, who has somehow become a controversial figure. However, I think he's mainly just a guy who's interested in science and studies a lot of stuff related to male-female personalities and gender roles and gender identity and all that stuff. And he was hung up to dry at some point because he started asking questions about the changing of the language when it came to pronouns. And we're all familiar with this concept of people feeling like they are non-binary or gender fluid. And I am totally fine with people being this way or wanting the world to understand that this is their experience. We used to have a word for it 
when I was growing up, and it was androgyny, that someone wasn't necessarily male or female, that they were kind of both in a way. And that's not really the issue. And I don't think that Jordan Peterson had an issue with the concept of that. What he did begin to talk about was the idea of using the pronoun they in the language in order to identify people who were non-binary. Now, the reason that he had an issue with this is because he has an issue with the concept of chaos, that using a plural pronoun in place of a singular pronoun creates a lot of confusion fusion in the language. And I know that when I am reading something and all of a sudden the pronoun they is thrown in there after I've been reading about a singular person, I, I, I immediately become confused and have to go back and see how I somehow missed that there was more than one person. And then it takes me a minute or two to figure out that it wasn't more than one person. It was a singular person who uses the pronoun they. And that happens with books and it happens in audiobooks. I start to get confused and I have to go backwards and figure out what I missed. And that was Jordan Peterson's stance on it that the use of a plural pronoun instead of another singular pronoun was going to create a lot of confusion. The gaslighting part comes in where when he began to question this, he was told that he hates gender fluid or non-binary people, that he's just prejudiced against them. And that's not the case. He was just stating a fact that when you use a plural pronoun in place of a singular pronoun, it creates confusion for people. And that's the truth. But look what happened. He is told that he's an asshole, that his questioning of it at all means that He's preoccupied with traditional gender roles and he's closed-minded and he's prejudiced and he's all these things, which I don't think he is. But sheesh, if you question anything, there's something wrong with you. That's what gaslighting is all about. Now, these are big controversial issues that I'm talking about, but this is the same principle in everyday life. Whenever you are interacting with somebody and they tell you that your point of view is wrong or bad, and your point of view is wrong or bad because you are upset about a situation and it is a situation that they created, then that's gaslighting. Here's how it plays out in your everyday life. You have a family member who brings up some topic that is known to be 
upsetting to you. And as you begin to engage in a conversation about this topic that is known to be upsetting to you, you get more upset and you raise your voice and you're clearly shaken. And then your family member goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Why are you getting upset? I just want to have a conversation. But the conversation was a hot topic discussion and they just gaslit you. I think family members from, from opposite sides of the political spectrum at this point probably don't even see each other anymore. But let's just say for sake of argument that you have a family gathering in which you have one family member who's Republican and one family member who's Democrat and one of them approaches the other and says, let's talk about abortion or let's talk about Donald Trump. And then knowing, knowing that the two of them could never really have a discussion about this without it getting heated, right? And yet there it is, it's out on the table. And so the person who brings up the heated topic upsets the other person and then questions why they are upset and calls them crazy for being upset. And yet the person who brought up the topic was gaslighting the other person. So how do we avoid this? You know, especially as we're talking about in today's climate where politics have divided family members up and it has unfortunately ridiculously gotten to a point where people can't interact with each other anymore without it practically going to blows but i would say that you can combat gaslighting in your everyday life there are ways of shutting it down. There are ways of walking away from a situation that is gaslighting without making things worse or feeling crazy in the end. And that is simply to become much more aware of what is going on with you internally. If a person you know brings up upsetting topics to you and you already know it's not going to end well, that you're going to become more and more upset as you talk about it, you have to recognize ways of shutting it down. You have to make the choice to say, well, this is too upsetting for me, so I'm not going to talk about it with you right now. Or now's not the time to discuss this, or this is not the place to discuss this, or I'm not interested in being upset with you right now. In that way, you're taking control of the situation and you are not allowing them to make things worse for you or make you feel crazy or make you question 
your own sense of reality. You have to be in touch with those moments where you begin to feel that keyed up sense of like, this is not going to end well. Therefore, I'm going to step away from the situation. And that's your only course of action, really. But you have to be very much in touch with what is upsetting to you when you begin to stir, when things are going in a bad direction and you have to be able to stop it and walk away before you wind up feeling crazy. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of soul searching and understanding personally what is going to get you there, what's going to upset you and what's going to make you feel crazy in the end. And so, of course, I would say going to therapy is a great way to figure that out, to figure out what you might be wrong about, what you might be right about, what might be actually gaslighting in your life versus something that's just kind of a triggering topic that makes you upset because you have trauma related to it. But the key in understanding gaslighting is knowing that you always feel crazy for being upset and the person makes you feel crazy for being upset. That's the key. Feeling like your sense of reality is somehow off or wrong, that's a clue that you are experiencing gaslighting. And so I would encourage you to look inside yourself when you begin to have interactions with people that usually end this way. I would question the people around you and what their motivation is. Are they really looking to resolve issues or are they looking to pin something on you? That you're the bad guy or you're the asshole or you're the one who's always upset. And when you can see that more clearly, your life will become a lot easier because you'll figure out how to keep a distance or in some cases cut off people who gaslight you. And I hope that if you need help along the way, you will reach out to a therapist and get the help you need in terms of understanding the reality of what's what. So good luck on your journey to discovering what's going on inside of you and whether the people around you are gaslighting you or not. Be well, and thank you for listening.